Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. I'm your host, Michael Dolce, and as always, joined by my very surly co-host. Oh, wait. Oh, you're supposed to give my name, though. You know what? This is, um... I was actually waiting for the reaction. This is kind of... What, what's kind of messed up, what messes me up every show is that I actually have to share with your, your, <laughs> the, the video. Yeah. And so I'm in the midst of sharing it when you're introducing me, and then I never get a chance so to, like, make an impression. So you have to do actual work. I'm actually... Yeah, I'm actually working, but you're, like, you're, you're like uh, blindsiding you me. you can't do work and talk at the no, same time. No, And I never could. And I never said I could Which in a job interview. Which is what I kind of do every single week. What? Like, I am literally carrying on an intensive conversation with you while at the same time scrolling down Good on our Facebook Good for you. There's page. stuff I can do that you can't. Facebook... I don't think that's possible. <laughs> well, play bass. You can play bass. I can't play bass. That ain't it. Trust me. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for was tinny. Um, okay. Well, we have got a great show I don't show like what tonight. you're implying. <laughs> We've got a great show tonight. <laughs> um, we got tons of things going on. Uh, we're laughing because that was Hold actually some, that was some behind-the-scenes banter. So if you are a fan of behind-the-scenes banter, which I know each and every one of you are, um, you know, everyone that's watching uh, and listening. <laughs> On the podcast, on iTunes, on iHeart. There we go. On uh, I shared it. See, yeah. Now, now we have shared. Yeah, that's a little behind the scenes uh, technical uh, mishmash that we were talking about just now. And uh, what happens is it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of complex uh, hand motions mm, and, mm. and that kind of stuff. And I don't like doing it. Yeah. Well, you're not a drummer. Can't do you know? Don't do yeah. Things at once. Quit bringing up my shortcomings. Let's <laughs> talk about the show. Good, the show you know, I'm with the show. We have a great show. Not being able to drum. Is we a are really super excited. We do have an amazing so? guest. Do you tonight. honestly think so? Um, yes, we do. Um, yeah, Mr. Paul Reiser. Oh, from Stranger Things too. Oh, that guy. Going to be our guest tonight. I heard about that guy. I know he's had a, he's got a career renaissance going on. He's really what is, what is your definition of a career renaissance? I would say that he had a strong run in the eighties and nineties. Oh. Kind of kind of disappeared a little bit, and you kind of thought, well, where where did Paul Reiser go? So so when someone comes and and does something like kind of great for a little while, and then they disappear for a little while, and then they come back, that's a renaissance. Yeah. It's, that's not a comeback. They used to be called a comeback. Resurgence. Well, okay, no, no. All right. Uh, resurgence is a good word. I'll take resurgence. But I would also say renaissance in a sense because he is involved in like three uniquely different shows. Hmm. Um, he's got Stranger Things too, which is we are going to talk all about that. And I know everyone is lining up to talk about it. Uh, we want your comments as well, too. Yeah, they're out um, the door. Chime in Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. It. Give us your comments. We will read them on air. Right. Uh, we want to know what you thought about the right. show. Um He's also in Red Oaks on Red Amazon, Oaks. Oh, that's and he's coming up with a new show called There's Johnny, all about Johnny Carson, but it's a fictionalized series. Really? Um, yeah, with actors Is that going to be on totally network television scripted. or is another no, no, streaming? that is another streaming. So he's like the king of the streaming service. Yeah, he really now. is. He didn't even know what that was like five years ago, but well, now he knows no, what None of us knew what it was five it's years true, ago. right? I know. It's pretty amazing. So, so, all right. Um, good, for, good for Paul Reiser. Yeah, it is good for Paul Reiser. Like, I feel good about Paul I Reiser. I disagreed with, um, with something. I strongly disagreed with something he said in... in uh, in the upcoming interview. Uh-huh. But I will talk you are about a, it. Because you're a fortune teller and you know exactly what it's going to I say. know exactly Plus what's going to happen. Plus we recorded it last night. Yeah, Damn. exactly that. 
And behind I will, the curtain. I will talk about it after he has uh, said it. All so right. that makes more sense. Let's do a little housekeeping and then we were going to get right into it. We want to get into your thoughts on Stranger Things 2. I want to get into your thoughts on Stranger Things 2. I want to get into my thoughts most especially. I really only care well, about my thoughts. Who was the first your? Because you said your and your and my. I was talking to the camera. Uh, the people that are I don't look us. at the camera, so I on didn't realize you Facebook. were speaking about it. Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. We're on Twitter, Michael underscore Dolce. Uh, Instagram, mdolce64. Um, check us out on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, iTunes. Go Secrets of the Sire. We're on Alexa. Again, download the Spreaker podcast radio player. Uh, Alexa, open Spreaker. Alexa, Alexa, open Secrets of the Sire. Hmm. All right, we have been dying to talk about this. It's season two of Stranger Things. Stranger Things was like the biggest thing in the world. And if you recall, if you're a listener of this show, uh, we had many, uh, we had actually three different um, fans slash friends of mine on the show last year. You actually were not on the show at this point. No, I wasn't. Um, and they had to argue a show that I should be watching. And whoever won is the show I would watch. Uh, now, we gave it to Brian Phillips because he's a patron. Uh, that means he actually contributes money on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Secrets of the Sire. So it didn't matter what they said. Right. He was going to win. <laughs> he picked Doctor Who. Oh, so he didn't win. But Keith. <laughs> no, no, he did win. That, so we said, okay, Doctor Who, oh. we're going to do. We're gonna oh, this is a different kind of story. I thought you were telling it. I but thought you were talking. Keith to... McCormick actually said Stranger Things. Hey, Mike, you got to check out this thing called Stranger Things. It's really big. It's got this 80s nostalgia thing going on. It's kind of part Goonies, part E.T., part like, you know. Creepy, creepy thing, whatever. Um, creepy thing, whatever. And um, and he me. made a very convincing argument. And eventually, eight months later, I watched it. <laughs> so, so now we're here with the sequel, and everyone's talking a about a year it. after the a year and uh, eight months later. No, 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 no. Really? Yeah, no, no. Well, you watched it out, eight months later from when it actually debuted. From over the when summer. it debuted, so yeah. I don't know. So we're here three about months, two months later. Something yeah, like that. yeah. We're here exactly. like exactly. So four it's really months. fresh. It's really four fresh. months later. It is really fresh on my brain. <laughs> you did. I did remember that because you were talking about that a couple of months ago, about four months ago, mm-hmm. that you had finally seen it, and then you had you were your your uh, knowledge of it was so fresh it actually outweighed mine. Yeah, because I had seen it a year ago. So. Yeah. Well, what do you, well, what do you think? I'm going I'm to turn the floor to you. Well, uh, I, give me, give me don't your, start with give me. Your, all right, I'll give you my impressions, yeah, right? Yeah, let's, let's start with you. A couple things that I liked. I don't agree. I'm going to give you... I'm gonna give you <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you some likes and dislikes. <laughs> I'm going to give you thumbs up and thumbs down. What, see, uh, Alpha Intern, you need to write some better bits for us, okay? So thumbs up, thumbs down. No, we need, we need to come up with... We uh, need to fire Pete. We need to... You know, <laughs> Pete, Peter hasn't showed up here. Yeah. Our, our occasional staff writer, Peter Aiken, is not here. I thought Dustin and Lucas, I thought the dynamic with them... Uh, you know, trying to impress Mad Max. Kind of felt like Turtle in Drama from Entourage, which I actually really liked. Because um, I was a big Entourage fan, and they were always, like, my favorite characters on that. So, very, very cool. Um, I think it, it started getting interesting to me when Paul Reiser, ironically enough, who are, is our guest tonight, came on uh, and got involved. Because then all of a sudden, you know, I, and I said this to Paul, I said, it seems very character-driven, right? This, this season was more character-driven than event-driven. I think the first season set up an event, right? Will disappears, boom, characters react to it. You learn about characters through this event. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, epi- you know, this season is, okay, you know the characters, and they've gone through this traumatic, dramatic um, year, essentially, and a year later, and how are they reacting, how are they dealing with it? But we know them, we kind of love them, we kind of care for them, or we d- dislike them, depending on how, you know, what you feel about them. And now it's kind of, it's told through that lens rather than the event lens, um, which was okay. To me, it was a little slow at the beginning. But then when Paul Reiser came on with the government and it's like, oh, 
now we got a little, to me, it got a little intrigue. Um, Hopper and Eleven, love that storyline. Love that storyline. I thought that was actually one of the best um, storylines from that because it actually showed Hopper progressing. Uh, you know, you get, you, you knew he had loss, and now you kind of see him filling that loss with her presence. And she had loss of a, of a father figure, even though the father figure was evil, Matthew Modine. Um, and then you kind of get that back as well, too. So a lot of cool things there. Um, there were some stuff I was like, meh, with. Um, I think overall, and, and I'll get into my meh, but it'll, the meh will be, you know, we'll do eh and meh. No, eh and meh, that's both bad, right? Yeah. Yay and meh? So my yay. Gotta write this stuff down before. We, before Alpha we go intern. I don't know. I'm gonna blame it on her. Well, you gotta blame. All right. Okay. That's fair. Well, it's easy because she's fair. the she's intern. Easy. Yeah. She, and she doesn't have a mic. That's, that's why. That's why I'm doing. It. See, it works yeah. out pretty good. Yeah. Well done. You know, we're only kidding. No. <laughs> no. Terrible. Up on charges. No, no, <laughs> 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 oh, Harvey Weinstein. What did you do? Why did you do what you did? Up on charges. Uh, I think also one big thing. And maybe you can comment on this. Hmm. Did you enjoy, because I thought it was great, the mixing and matching of characters in this season? You had a different dynamic. You had, um, you know, the Max and Lucas dynamic. Max is obviously a new character, but you got to see Lucas in a completely different way, I think, this season. You got to see Lucas's family. You got to see Lucas's family. He gave him family. a family. Yep. Which is, they really oh, fleshed nice. him out. Uh, Steve and Dustin. I mean, I think, you know, having Steve kind of interacting with Dustin was, was something completely new and interesting and different. Um, you finally got to see Will. Uh, Big meh, though, th- whoever they cast for Will and Mike, they look exactly alike. They literally look like they could be the same kid and or brothers. Really annoying. All right. You think they did That's that on purpose? Sam thinks they did it on purpose. Why would, but why would you do that on purpose? Why would you cast... Are they going to be brothers? I don't think Will was supposed to... I don't. I don't think he was supposed to be a a full time cast member, if I remember from See, what I read. That's what I, read. I thought too, right? I and mean, then he did such a great job in the in the in the short oh. amount of screen time that he had last season. Was he they, supposed to be Barb? Uh, mm. Who's Barb? <laughs> Justice for Barb. Barb died in season one. Oh, you're talking. I don't know if you're talking about Barb from the show or some other Barbara. No. What other Barbara was he? Su- he about? wasn't supposed to die. He just wasn't supposed to be a, a He just major... wasn't supposed to be a major yeah. character. Okay. Well, that's so, pretty good. So, give me, give me some thoughts. What do you think? Season two, is it better than season one? Did you think it was better than season no. one? No. Hands down, no. And, and, really? and, and I'll, say, I'll say for a number of reasons why. Um, but ultimately, look, at the end of the day, it did feel like a sequel. They wanted you to feel like a sequel. Mm. It felt like a continuation of season one. I actually think... Wasn't, isn't that what it was supposed to do? I think at the end... Well, I think yes, but I think they're in really dangerous territory because at the end of this season, essentially, I know that they kind of gave you a cliffhanger at the end of the season, a little like wink, wink, you know, you didn't quite... You know, we're not done with the, the, uh, the upside down and, you know, you might have stopped us this time kind of feel, but um, to me it felt like a definitive, like... You know, where does Eleven go from here, right? I mean, she basically kind of did serve her purpose, right? She opened the gate. Uh, spoilers. She closes the gate at the end. Um, th- th- there's nowhere else for her to go in that, in that storyline. <laughs> but what do you got? So far, I've been doing all the talking. I don't, I don't get I don't. I don't understand any of you people. I really don't. Um, <laughs> I really don't. I, I I've heard a whole bunch of reviews on the, sh- on the uh-huh. show, and everybody's using the same... The same uh, 
uh, mogul jargon, you know? Oh, I didn't, I didn't connect with the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? First of all, it's it's never going to be, uh, it's never going to be as great as the first one because the first one is a discovery, right? It's supposed to be a continuation. It's a solid continuation of it. Yeah. Every show up until now, yeah. until now times that we live in, was allowed to have. Uh, you know, to, to continue on in season two, season three, or season sure. four, and you judge the overall show as a good thing or a bad thing. You didn't yeah. decide, oh, mm-hmm. this season sucks because it wasn't as great as last season. It's never going to be as great as the first no, season. No, it can't be. That said. It can't know? be great in the same way, though. No. Well, it it, 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 it can be great on its own. And it was. You didn't think it was? You didn't think it was great on its own? I thought in the, it, thought it, was, it started off a little slow. So? I thought the middle, I don't understand I thought the it, middle was very, very well done. I don't understand if it starts slow, but you enjoyed it all the way to the end. Then isn't that part of the, didn't of, love the, the mix? Didn't love the finale. Didn't love the Well, finale. you didn't say that. We didn't get into that. And I just said it now. Yeah. So and you're that. interrupting me to mm-hmm. tell me that you didn't like the, the end. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't get that. If it, if it works, if the whole thing works in and of itself, which mm-hmm. is kind of what you implied, yeah. then why would you care about how slow it started since you've seen it all the way through? If you've only seen episodes one and two and you're like, it's a little slow so far, yeah. then I can understand that criticism. But if you've seen the whole thing, then what do you care that it started I'm, slow? I'm not comparing it to its season one in the sense of it has to hit me in the same beats and the same notes. Um, but I am comparing it in the sense of engagement right away. And I think, I think there is... You might have been engaged right away for a number of reasons, though. It might not have anything to do with the story. Uh, well, I mean, I, have, I, I know the season one engages you because of the event that happens. I know, but I'm not sitting there saying, well, they need an event in season one to get me hooked again. Right. But then um, if, they, yeah, if they did that, you'd be like, well, they're trying to play the same beats as season one. I would say this, and we'll, we'll pick it up after the break. If the finale had delivered better than the, than the slow, the slowness, but that. I am, I am. Then the slow beginning is a build up to something amazing. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that episode seven that's got everybody, including your host right here, a little curious. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Follow Me Friday Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 
24 hours a day. I used to work for one of these news websites. I mean, you would basically scour news, find what was just the news about that news. Don't most of them just steal news from other sites? Oh, well, you're not stealing. You're quoting. It's much different. Oh, okay. It's much different. All right. I'm going to quote your car after we leave <laughs> this evening. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, all the stuff that you love uh, and we love to talk about, and uh, including Stranger Things 2, which is our topic for tonight. Uh, before we do, a little further housekeeping. I always want to say house cleaning, but I know that's not the right word. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by our beloved patrons. We have dedicated fans, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, our executive producer, Steve Ovecki, Brian Phillips, and Christina Gillen. And as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, we were talking season two, and we can't help but compare. You, look, you can't help but compare a phenomenon to a sequel. You just can't, right? Is no, it yeah, giving you, you the same? You can't help but do it. No, you can. Okay. You can decide, hey, that was good, and I want more of the same. Yeah, but you can't, though, because in a sense, you have the characters, right? The characters in this season are built entirely upon the experiences of the first season. You've had to have at but least... But that happens in every continuation of anything you want. I agree, but you've had to have at least acknowledged what, what you enjoyed and what you experienced with the characters right, in Right, but how come, it can't be, how come it can't be I enjoyed this and I'm glad there's more of it as opposed you, to... I, as opposed to this is not as great as I remember it from, you know, a year ago. <sighs> this isn't blowing me away like the, it did a year ago. How, um, come you can't, how come you can't just do that? Isn't that you? Not you, but the royal you. Like, isn't that you just ruining royalty. it for yourself? Because you're, you're, you're neutering your experience by com- constantly comparing it to the experience I'm you had comparing it after the, the fact. Situation. I'm going to say I'm comparing it after the fact. Because during, well, no, during, talking, during, I think We're not talking about good. your experience. You're talking about, in general, you're talking about the experience of this is not the same it's kind very of difficult. It's very difficult to, to do that. It's very it difficult, not difficult to have... It is not if you're objective. It, it's, it's very it's easy... It's tough to be objective. It's very easy to fall into the trap of the kind of nostalgia uh, yeah. bell whistle. And and just go along with uh, all the other you know attitudes about something without forming or developing your own perspective. Yeah, and also just to be able to relax and enjoy something and and determine whether this is good. Yeah, and whether it's bad. And if it's good, then it was good. Who cares if it's not as good or not the same? It was it's still another. Well, Any, anything anything you have that you're going to expand on is going to change. It has sure. to change. It well, I guess, but different. that's uh, that's a great point, though, right? Yeah. And the question is, did it change? <laughs> did it change enough? Did it go in different directions? Did it try to rehash what it had? Uh, I don't think it did. You don't. Think and it for did. all those reasons, I think I think it's a very strong season. Like I don't come away from from this going. You don't think like, it did what though? Hang on, hang on. I, I don't well, walk you, away you, from. You gave a, a number of uh, scenarios, and then you said I don't think it did. But you didn't. Ex- you, you're not. Oh, I you don't think I don't on... think it came away. I don't think I came away from this experience. Uh huh. Um, thinking I wasted nine hours of my life. Okay, so I you didn't don't come think it, away you don't, from. You this. don't think it tried to repeat the experience? You think it it, it did actually successfully try to expand on the it, genre? It, it tried. 
It definitely tried. Um, I actually wonder. It, it, it again. This it, this is the in, this is the influence bubble, right? Like it's very difficult for the filmmakers themselves to channel out the noise around it, right? I mean, it's even look. Let's take our show for example, right? You know, we run a horrible show. Occasionally, we hit a high actually, note. You're the runner. You, you run the show. So. <laughs> I blame you for everything. Yeah. Or or whatever intern is. You're looking at yourself yeah, in the screen, the intern, right? right? Yes. yes, that's you. That's, that's why we're going to expand to everybody, right? Um. So, but occasionally we, we, we get these things where we're like, wow, that was really good. And then people tell us like, hey, that was really good. And then all of a sudden you start getting into it. And it's like the organic thing that led you to that good moment is you can't help but now be conscious, self-conscious of, well, we need to kind of recreate that moment again because that moment was so good and it was so well received. Let's do this over and over again. You can consciously decide that you're never going to top that first moment and just yes. try to put out more quality. Yes. You know, In our case, it's, on... it's under quality. We, we try to go lower than what we've done the, the In last your case, time. yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I totally, I think you're correct. But, all right, so we're talking about the show, though. We're talking about this particular show. Yeah. If you're going to watch this show and say this is not as good as season one, yeah. then you've already screwed yourself. Sure. So, but, but you don't. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think. I don't think I went into it, into it thinking this is as good as season one. But when you're done with it, you do compare it. You just. You just do. Like, well, it was good. Wasn't as great. See, I don't do that with TV shows. Okay. I, I do that with movies. Okay. You know, if I waited three years for another movie of like Lethal Weapon two. You know, I'm going to be like, yeah, well, it wasn't the same. The you know, binge didn't have the experience, same level of though, is, is almost akin to a movie, right? No. It, it, I mean, no. You're, you're basically seeing it all. That's the binge all. experience. I mean, if you're going to, but that's still, that's still a genre in and of itself. You mm -hmm. don't actually have to apply the same logic yeah. to it. So Sam actually commented on our feed, and he's imploring us not to go past, uh, you know, to the finale yet. Um that's so, too bad. so we're gonna have to segue right into the, right into uh, that. No, the show's the show's been advertised for like a week. So I, I Sam had there, a week to watch. I it. would sit there and say, <laughs> overall, the reviews are very favorable. People are enjoying it. I think people are kind of like uh, they're on your level with what you're saying. I don't think. And and again, we're kind of scrutinizing it. I'm particularly scrutinizing it because there's definitely certain things. I just um, don't get. I I get if you enjoyed it. I get if you didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And you say, okay, the pacing was bad. But if you overall enjoyed it. Then you just you're like, well, the beginning was a little slow, but it really picked up. Yeah, I didn't think the finale was great either, though. I thought it was anticlimactic at the end. Is essentially what. It well, that's yeah, but that's all right. Okay, I'm just saying. So it didn't it didn't deliver? It didn't deliver the build up that it had it had promised at the beginning. Like like like, like let's take Game of Thrones for example. Game of Thrones can be that's a very slow. Comparing it to other shows, though, you should only compare it to itself. You know? No, 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 no. But you can you can compare the setup to other. What? what you, you, everything has to exist in a bubble for you? Like no, an absolute vacuum bubble? No, that makes bubble, no sense. But now you're saying it's just the same nonsense. You're saying everything has to live up to everything else. No, I'm I'm comparing in Game of Thrones. It can be slow, but the payoff comes out. Game of Thrones had seven years. That's like an analogy. Though. That's seven years. We got two here. No, I'm saying that in very many seasons of Game of Thrones, there is a slow buildup and it delivers. I'll take Homeland, for example. That has happened repeatedly. Season three, season four, season five. Uh, actually, not season three. Season two, season four, season five. Amazing. Very slow buildup. Okay. Huge payoff. All right. So I'm comparing how this thing did not do what other okay. shows did, but I'm not comparing saying it's anything like those shows. I'm just merely saying that if you're going to start slow, build it up and deliver in the finale. I don't think the finale delivered, okay. personally. Right. Um, 
I don't think the show is bad. I don't think I didn't. It didn't. I didn't walk away being like I wasted nine hours. But there's some things I would have done a little different if if it was me. Uh, one thing that people are talking about big time is episode seven, which Sam hasn't seen yet. So we're gonna try not to spoil it. Complete departure from the rest of the series. Complete and utter departure. Right? I mean, is that is that essentially what you would what you would think? I that's what I thought of when I saw the episode before even knowing there was a a, a controversy surrounding it. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it took away? Do you think it? I no. mean. You don't think you don't think at all like just completely all of a sudden it felt like we went from like a horror movie to 80s X-Men. Like that's what it felt like. It no. felt, I felt like I was watching Chris Claremont's 80s X-Men. Okay. If that's what you felt. That's what I felt. I don't I don't agree. You didn't you didn't feel the tone was different? Of course the tone was different, but I didn't feel like I was watching 80s X-Men. I thought that's exactly what I was reading. I thought I was reading 80s X-Men. I like I said, okay. All right. That's how you feel. That is exactly how I that's, feel. That is not the impression I got. What did you feel? I I felt it was a departure, but and and I and I did I was at a point wondering, okay, where are you going with this? Mm-hmm. But then it kind of wrapped itself up, and then it kind of explained itself. They were doing the time dilation thing throughout the entire season, sure. So it it stands to reason that they would you know uh, they would they would bring that to fruition with uh, episode seven. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't that jarring to me. You know. Also, the mm-hmm. other the other thing is, if you're going to talk about the binging phenomenon, yeah, the next episode was forty minutes away, so it's not like you had to wait a week. It's sure. not like they made you wait a week. It's a great point, though. I actually thought that if you had to wait a week, then there would have been, been hell. I mean, there would have been fire and brimstone. Maybe, on maybe. Twitter. I don't. I don't know. It because. Stories are not yours to manipulate. Yeah. Stories are manipulating you. You don't manipulate the story back. A lot of people don't understand that. And if you're being manipulated by the story, that means the story is successful. Yeah. If you're watching something, you're like, what the hell's going on? Why can't, why can't we just do something you know, that I want to do? Why can't we move forward? Why, why are we moving backwards? And the story is actually working. Yeah. Okay? If, if you find that you want things to happen a little faster and you want to get back to other aspects of the story, other elements and stuff like that, then the story's where if, if you're sitting there watching it and you decide you'd rather be watching Mathlock, then the story's not working. But if you want to if you want to no, go... No, but if you're also sitting no, there questioning... No, I'm not. If, if you're going... If you're going... If you mm-hmm. want to see other parts of the story, sure. if you want to get to other aspects of the story, mm-hmm. then it is working. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're, you're being manipulated, but it's all right... To be manipulated because that's what we signed on for. I just think that at that moment we're watching this I, yeah, completely. I, it just it just it just completely deviates from what you were into at that point. Um, and there's justification for it in the sense that yes, in the climactic moment in the finale, it's right? In the, yes, it's it's foreshadowing for next season. Obviously, they're going to delve into but it's that all, more. It was also foreshadowed previously in in previous episodes of this season. One. One and then maybe the, the one episode no, with the mom and stuff no, like that. No, no, yeah, exactly. It was foreshadowed a, cu- a couple of times. The fact that every time she puts a, a a blindfold on and she goes someplace else, all of that that the sure. aspect bringing bringing that to uh, to its clarification yeah. was foreshadowed throughout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I don't I don't really get I don't get the consternation on that one. One other question that I had, and and I want to know what you think on this. Mm-hmm. Um, did we overdo it with the '80s references? Did the, and this goes back to what I kind of said earlier, right? Like you, you can't help, you can't live in a bubble. If you're the Duffer Brothers, you can't help but live. I mean, you have to literally would be a shut in and not read any press and not hear anything and not hear any fan reaction. Did we overdo it with the nostalgia? Because you had the Gremlins nod with uh, with Dart. Obviously, it's an it's a Gremlins uh, nod. The Temple of Doom references. 
would have been really cool, and they were really cool. Um, the scenes with um, so then you answered with that Jonathan and uh, and uh, what's the sister Deb? No, not the, what's the sister's name? Uh, we're we're very professional at what we do here. Um, you know, with uh, with Mike's sister. Uh-huh. You know, it was a nice little tongue in cheek nod to Temple of Doom. The scene with with uh, with Indiana Jones and and uh, you know. So then it worked then. No, I, I would say that it, it would have worked if it was the if it was like very isolated. But I felt like there was a lot of over the top '80s references. Like, you know, you know, obviously Paul Reiser assuming his role as what he was in the Aliens movie. You know, uh, you have uh, the kind of I mean, very I don't know. I, I I felt more, I felt more like they were really like wink, 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 like nod, nod, nod. We know you like this stuff. We're giving you more of what you like. Um, well, it takes place in the 80s, so if it didn't reference the 80s on a regular basis... It references 80s movies that technically haven't come out in 19... You know, didn't... I mean, 1984, 1984 Temple of Doom did come out, yes. Uh-huh. But it's not like they have had time to see that they were involved in a supernatural... What are you talking you know, about? You don't know when... It, all, all it takes is a weekend. To, for, the, for the characters to go see it. Yeah. And to, and to nod to it. Uh-huh. And to go see Gremlins and, and, and then, then mention, hey, this is just like the movie Gremlins, right? But they don't mention that. So... You, okay, all right. If that's if that's how you feel, I, I disagree. I, with you. I just I just feel that there's there's definitely you thought there were too many nods to the '80s, even though they were in the '80s as yes. as they were doing it. Well, that's the meta. That's the meta philosophy. But then, right? if they didn't do that enough, then you'd be like, "Well, this could have taken place in the '90s. Why? Why are we? Why did? Why make it in the '80s if you're not going to take advantage of the milieu of the '80s?" <sighs> I think we're talking about two different things. Then I think I think we definitely are. I, I'm talking well, about. There, there was '80s nostalgia in the way the first season was set up, without being over the top with the '80s references, or 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 specifically, by, or specifically. So essentially, if I want to make a movie, and I just want to write, I don't know, I'm just gonna write someone else's movie, basically in my movie. But it's okay because it's a wink and a nod. It's it's an homage. It's a nostalgia. You know, taking scenes directly out of other movies and putting them in your movies, uh, or putting them in your stories. I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of that. Yeah, but you got to give like examples of. of I, I just moments. did Temple of Doom. Yeah, they, they basically wrote the Temple of but Doom. You said scene. was kind of cool, even though before. I said it would have been kind of cool if that was the only time they did it. Uh, Gremlins. They basically took Gremlins. They basically took the the yeah, villain from. Feed him they after took the 12. villain from Aliens. Um, but he was he was no in, they fed him the cat instead. he was in an 80s movie that doesn't necessarily mean he was in that show just because he was from the 80s no but I'm saying you're essentially writing your your scripts and your and your storylines are basically a, and he a, a hodgepodge is not, of different movies it, 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 uh, sadly to give away a spoiler he is not his character from the 80s of course so not. Right. That you can't use him as a reference technically he's an actor he's been in a ton of other things I, I I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. I don't get what you mean. Then I'm I, I I'm lost on what you're talking about. Greg, Greg Matisoff chimed in, eating a cat. Alf reference. There's another. Oh you know, boy. Lot lot right. lot of different nods. All right, in there. we're in bad territory. A lot territory. of different nods. We're, All right. We're in, we're in when we come back, uh, we have a tremendous guest on next. We got Mr. Paul Reiser. He's going to talk about Stranger Things. He's going to talk about all this stuff, uh, and then we're going to read your. Uh, reactions. We got a lot of people chiming in. We got Bobby Semmelsberger, which we love. Was a, a, a past guest, Greg Matisoff came in, chimed in. Jeff Gomez chimed in. Priya from our very own station chimed in. We got a lot of people to, you know, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on this, and we're going to try to not spoil it for Sam as best as we can. Yeah, as best as we can. Uh, You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Now in theaters, Beauty and the Beast is out, and there's big, big controversy with two because of the supposed gay relationship that that takes place. You know, and I um, thought the, the real controversy would be about the bestiality. <laughs> bestiality is not a problem. Oh yeah, it's just yeah, homosexuality. Yeah. We don't like that. <laughs> Having sex with a giant beast—that's that's all right. <laughs> Secrets of the sire. Welcome back to Secrets <laughs> of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Every Eastern, talkradio.nyc. We have got... <laughs> well, you know, we do this occasionally. <laughs> me, me be professional? What are you talking about? Uh, we have a tremendous guest on, um, Mr. Paul Reiser. I don't, I don't think really much much more needs to be explained. Like he uh, He's on basically the most popular show That's around very mean how right now. Said about him. What did I say about he him? He's tremendous, man. He's, he is? He's been... He's, he's a little. He's, he slimmed down a little bit. He slimmed down. Oh, yes, yes. I didn't yeah. mean tremendous in the in the in oh, the large. Oh, wasn't the in the large. Oh, I got you. I got no, you. I no, got no. You. I meant that. I meant that he's. Uh, he's. I mean, he's been in so many things. He's been aliens. He's been in Mad About You. Yeah. He's, um, he's been on uh, the Larry Sanders show. I mean, those phone commercials. It. Remember the, oh, the, yeah, the mid yeah. the mid two thousands phone commercials? I think that was like Sprint or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, now he's in the hottest show around uh, that everyone's talking about, Stranger Things. So without further ado, let's get into Mr. Paul Reiser. Okay, so we're going to start off with, I think, um, well, first I want to start off and just say it's really, um, it's terrific. I mean, you're, you're going through a renaissance. I mean, you're involved in so many exciting projects right now. Um, you know what? Uh, what kind of spurred everything on? I mean, you've got uh, you've got Stranger Things too. You've got Red Oaks. Um, well, the, the the real reason was I didn't want to do this interview and have nothing. So I thought <laughs> if I plan ahead, you knowing that we'd be talking this month, I said let me you know get things in motion so that I don't embarrass myself or bring down the quality of your little uh, show. <laughs> that true. was my real thing. It's uh, not. You know, it's kind of funny. It's it's it's. Um, the one real plan that everybody has in show business is that there's no plan. And uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of things that I've done seem to all be coming out around the same time, which is, again, not my planning. But, uh, yeah, The Stranger Things is, is uh, 
that's a, a wild ride that, you know, yeah. it's very rare that a show is that uh, in demand and that of the moment. So it's pretty cool to watch and see. We had the premiere last week. Yep. And uh, they just had a, they just showed all around the world of these huge uh, screenings of and just fans and like in, in every corner of the world. Oh my goodness, this is this is a big deal, and it's so well done. You know, it's deserved. It's a really good show, but it's just you know a lot of great shows, not very few pop like that one does. So that's been that's been fun to be a part of for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a phenomenon. There's no question about it. Were you a fan of the show prior to the Duffers coming to coming to you with this role? Yeah, I was, but it was so quick. I mean, the show, it was literally last summer, and the show, I think, came out on a Friday. And that Monday, my my 16-year-old son said to me, have you heard of this new show? And I had not. He said, oh, you should check it out. It's really great. And that same day, like within like a half an hour, uh, I got a call that the Duffer Brothers wanted to meet me, and my agent said, uh, have you ever heard of this brand new show? <laughs> I said, of course I have. I have my finger on the pulse of America, man. And uh, so luckily I did know about it. And they said, well, I want to meet you tomorrow. <laughs> and, okay. So literally I hung up and I, I watched the first couple of episodes and I was hooked. I thought, wow. It was clearly, you know, when somebody is, uh, when somebody is just firing on all cylinders, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell a good director, you can tell a good writer right up front. And from the get-go, that's just like, oh, this is good. It's very specific, and they've whatever it is, whatever decisions they've made, they have locked into it. And yeah. it, was, it was really good. So when I met with them, I was already a fan, And uh, it, but it was so early on the curve. It was literally the first week that it had come out. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly thereafter, I, I sat and watched them all, and I, it was great, you know. And, and this year... So they had a very vague, um, they didn't tell me much about my character. They said, we just have this idea that you're this doctor and uh, mm-hmm. we don't know if he's good or he's bad. And I said, do you know? He said, we're not sure. <laughs> so I said, all right. Well, which is really fun to kind of play because you have to straddle, uh, you know, you don't quite know where, where he's going to land. And even watching it now, I'm, uh, I haven't finished up. I have like two episodes left. And I was like, and if I watch this objectively, it's like they really delay yeah. as late as they can what this guy is. And a lot of the stories, a lot of the characters and storylines, they just mm-hmm. keep moving along, but you don't have the answers. Um, and that's just great storytelling. Yeah, at the time of this interview, I'm midway through episode five of the new season. So well, there you uh, go. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely, um, you know, I'm definitely straddling right, right along with you. I think, um, yeah. you know, it's definitely much more character driven versus event driven, which was like the first season was a, was a big event. So very exciting to see kind of where it's all headed. And, uh, I'm, I'm well, they, they've sort of done the best of both worlds because season two is a lot of events coming that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. And so there's definitely dramatic events. Um, but what makes it stand out, and I think the reason people are tuning in is the characters and, and there's a beautiful, character stuff going on with the kids and, and and everybody has sort of evolved and you know mm-hmm. it's a year later and they're more mature and they're going through different stuff so they have really written that beautifully um, but it's funny you know there's any number of things you could watch if you just want to watch scary if you want to watch things explode or you want to watch you know, sure. creatures um, but ultimately what people tune in for is uh, you know is the characters and the stories so, so they have really got all their bases covered yeah absolutely um, my, my co-host is a huge Aliens fan, and I can't help but see the influence um, sure. of, of this character from your character in Aliens. 
So yeah, uh, they're they're sort of unabashed in their uh, their influence. You know, they're big fans of that movie and of Jim Cameron and and a whole bunch of other movies too. They have a really deep deep and wide breadth of movies. You know, when they met me, when I, I asked, I said like. How do you guys even know me? <laughs> you know, they're half my age, and they said, "Well," and, they, and I, I assumed it was aliens. And they said, "Well, our when we were kids, our father really turned us on to Diner." I went, "Wow, that's, wow, that's very different. You don't really see that." Although there is, they said we're putting in a Diner reference here that is kind of subtle. <laughs> and I read the script. I went, "Yeah, I don't even see it. I'm, I, I don't get it. That's how subtle it is." Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's funny because people have caught it and and it's kind of a nice nice little cookie they tossed in there. That's, that's neat, neat little Easter egg. Um, sure. I, ha- I have to take you have to take a step back into the '80s for me and talk to me about your aliens role real briefly. Uh, you know, how did you end up getting the audition for that? How did you end up getting that job? You know, at that point you were known as a stand-up comedian, uh, so to kind of enter this more dramatic role in a sci-fi mm-hmm. film, um, you know, how, how did that kind of come about? It came about in the, like really the most uh, you know boring conventional ways. I you know I went in for an audition and I think if I'm remembering I, I think at the time Jim Cameron had it in mind that he wanted to you know put put as much of a def- deflect uh, as much as he could and have somebody that you would assume you know that you would least suspect of being bad. So maybe he started looking at comics. I don't. I don't remember that. I just remember I went in for an audition, and uh, you know, left, and I didn't hear. When you don't hear in a week or two, you just go. Oh, I guess that didn't happen. And it was like three or four months later when I had forgotten about it. And I said, uh, said "You got it." I said, "I got what?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, you're kidding." And they said, "Yeah." They, and uh, so they had. And I guess there was something that he wanted, or something that I was young enough and and. Uh, Perhaps, you know, maybe because I was unknown and I didn't strike, you know, at first glance you don't think this guy is evil, that sure. maybe he could, they could delay the uh, the revelation. Although, i got to say, the audience is pretty quickly went, that guy's no good. <laughs> we don't trust him, we don't trust the company, we don't trust anybody. Certainly not this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how do you juggle uh, comedy and, and drama? I mean, you, you, again, your, your roots are stand-up. Um, you know, and and kind of coming in as comic relief, and then obviously in Mad About You in the '90s. So, uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer comedies? Do you prefer dramas? And, and how do you juggle the two? You know, it's it's not really a juggling thing. You know, certain things. Uh, you know, the story and the the, the the piece that you're doing will dictate what it is that you're bringing. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, Stranger Things and Aliens is certainly not comic. Um, you know, to me, I actually love. The things that I write and the things that I love to that I love watching mm-hmm. are things that actually straddle both. You know, yeah. and Bad About You was certainly a comedy, but I think the pieces that people remember uh, as well as the comedies, that, you know, is, is the dramatic moments or the emotional moments or the connections. So it's it's sure, and, and they work together. You know, sometimes you know, to to me, a, a great scene is when we have a touching moment. And then you can have a funny moment right in the middle of it, and they service each other. You know, yes. you you care more about the drama because you've enjoyed and you've laughed with these people. And sometimes you need a joke to sort of pop the moment. So <laughs> they, they they really can work together. I mean, I, it's certainly in Stranger Things is certainly not funny, but there's a and the character was certainly his job was to sort of put everybody at ease. That was a really clear yeah. intention, <laughs> and uh, knowing full well that. 
this town has been screwed by by, the, <laughs> by this government by this this project. Sure. So uh, uh, my, as a character, I knew what I was coming into, yeah. and was like, listen, you know, I just I know you don't I know you don't want to trust me, but I'm going to have to ask you to trust me. Usually, you know, when somebody says trust me, it's because you're not supposed to trust them. <laughs> I always love when, when Trump says, "Yeah, believe me." I went, well, "Why did you say believe me? I would have believed you right up to the point you said believe me." <laughs> Why did you um, assume I wouldn't believe you? <laughs> um, you know, we, we kind of touched upon it a little bit, um, but, you know, the 80s nostalgia aspect to the show, I mean, it's big everywhere. Uh, even, you know, another series you're involved with, Red Oak, you know, has this 80s nostalgia theme yeah. experience. Uh, what, what do you think is so fascinating about this decade that has got people kind of coming back to it? I don't, I don't know that it is. I don't, I, I don't think there's anything particularly more interesting about the 80s and the 90s or the 70s or the 60s. I think, I think what happens is filmmakers come of age at a certain time, whatever it is, whenever yeah. it is they were born, and they go back to their sweet spot. And so I think these guys were born in the 80s, so it wasn't really their time, but they grew up on those movies and felt an affinity to them. So that's where, that's where their creative sweet spot is. And Red Oaks, uh, the, uh, Greg Jacobs, who produced it, created the show, and wrote it. He with uh, with his partner, but but it, it was it came out of his his life. He was a uh, he as a, in the eighties was working as a tennis pro, yeah, or ten, at, a, at a country club, and he had all these stories. And he had worked with Steven Soderbergh for years. He was his mm -hmm. assistant director and producer. And he would tell these stories. And one day Soderbergh says, "You got to write these down. This is there's a show. Yeah, that's a, that's a show." <laughs> and it became Red Oaks. And it's funny. This other show that I that's going to air in, uh, in November in Hulu, yep. Hulu uh, called "There's Johnny," was a show I've been working on for years. And again, it just happens to finally come together, and it's coming out now with everything else that's coming out. <laughs> and it takes place in '72. And it wasn't really like uh, because I was nostalgic, but we did. It, it sort of that was there from the beginning. We we wanted to do a show about that period, not be. I don't know. I mean, it, was, it wasn't. I wasn't longing for nostalgia, but it was a very interesting time. And, and, and '72 was when the Johnny Carson moved the Tonight Show from New York to Burbank, okay. and and it sort of reimagined his show and really took off and became the cultural touchstone that it became. And it was an exciting time because that sort of gave birth to the comedy clubs and, and sure. all of that world. And we just it was an exciting time historically too. It was. I mean, every time every period has their friction and their news, but, you know, it was Watergate, it was Vietnam, it was uh, the very, very beginnings of women's lib and, and uh -huh. uh, feminism and um, and East Coast coming to the West and West Coast becoming uh, more prominent in, in, in American culture. So, and largely, a, a large part due to Johnny Carson. So there was a reason, an organic reason we went there. Um, and, and it's a mix, and, too, right? It's a mix of both, yeah. you know, yeah, well, and we use we use actual footage, uh, clips of Johnny, because it's behind the scenes of the Tonight Show. So it's about a, a twenty year old kid who comes out from Nebraska because he yeah. he sent in a letter and he thought he got an invitation. He thought he had a job, and he shows up and he he had no job at all, but he was just a nice kid and he sort of fell into <laughs> fell into it, and he ends up staying there. So his it's really seeing that world through the eyes of this very green kid and he meets this woman who's very Hollywood and very Beverly Hills and she's never seen a guy like him and he's certainly never seen a woman like him, like her. Yeah. And so what we, so we have these stories, these fictional characters, 
all running around getting a show ready for the Tonight Show, and then when they see the show, it's actually Johnny, and it's actually the yeah, yeah. Tonight Show. So we don't have any act. There's no actor playing Johnny because I don't think you can do that. Everybody knows Johnny Carson pretty well, so it's really uh, and it's done pretty seamlessly. And and when you see it, and to this to this day, when I see an episode, mm -hmm. I keep being surprised, like, oh my gosh. There's Johnny. It's like, it's, it's, that's why the show's called There's Johnny. You just don't yeah. expect them to be there. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's very comforting. You know, for those of us who, there's a whole generation there, too, that don't know Johnny Carson that, that came of age after he was gone off the air. Yeah. And I hope they get a piece of what he was, but it's really, it's not necessary. You don't need to know Johnny Carson. It's not a show about Johnny. It's a show backstage uh, show business, but, it, but yeah. he was, for those of us who do remember him fondly, it's so uh, it's such a kick every week to see a little piece of him, and we integrate it into the story. A lot of times, some we'd find a funny clip of on Johnny's show, and we'd say, "Okay, how do we write backwards from that? How do we how do we have our story collide with what happened on the air?" And sometimes it goes the other way. We write a story, and we go looking for a clip to fit in. Yeah, but, uh, there, you know there is something about all these shows that you make a good point. I think in the there is when you when something is in the past, there's something sort of warming about it. It's safe. Yeah. You know, it, it's there's so much news and there's so much alert and there's so much information, and it's constantly moving and it's tiresome and it's exhausting. Yeah, so when you get a chance to go back, even if it's a dramatic show or a, or, or or a thrilling show. It's, there's a there's a comfort that you have and okay this is in the past I can go visit this I've already mm -hmm. lived through the 80s so now I can you know enjoy it with a a little bit more with the distance yeah uh, you know it's funny uh, you, you said a couple things that I thought was of interest one um, did you as a stand up perform on on Johnny Carson I, one I'm a big fan of uh, I'm uh, was it, I'm dying up here on Showtime. Uh -huh. and, that was, and that was the, that's the mecca for all the comedians in the 70s. It certainly was. Yeah, it certainly was for, for all of us starting out. The Tonight Show was uh, the place to go, and it was Johnny. It wasn't the show. It was Johnny. It was yeah. Johnny's approval. And so when you get to do your first shot, it's a big deal. It was certainly a big deal for me. I actually only performed stand-up one time. Okay. Uh, my first time, 1982. And there's, there's footage out there. I don't know why it's the only one that's ever out there. And I look like a seven-year-old. I mean, like, <laughs> like, I, 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 my voice was high. I was nervous. It didn't sound like me. And it was, I go, gosh, I went a long time without laughs. And um, But when I, a few years later, I started doing the show pretty regularly with Johnny. And Yeah. But I didn't do stand-up. I would sit down on the couch, and I prepared material. So it was, it's sort of a sideways version. You know, you prepare your uh -huh. stuff. But it was much more conversational, and Johnny would chime in with questions, and he'd help you. And he was a genius. You know, he was really uh, so good yeah. in a way that nobody has been since. He, yeah. he would, not only as a comedian, he'd know what, how to help you, when to come in, when to stay back. Um, and he was a fan, so he wanted you to succeed. There was no competition. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you know, he was the king. And you were the kid, no matter how old you were, but he wanted you to succeed. And when you did well, he did well. So it's funny you mentioned a little bit earlier, too, um, you know, the fact that we have all this noise and all this news and all this other stuff. Uh, one thing we have so much of now, too, is mediums to deliver content. I mean, your three shows that are coming out now or, or, or you know, mm -hmm. are out now, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, you know, three mm -hmm. things that didn't even exist. Yeah. You know, five years ago, yeah. ten years ago, in terms yeah. of that. What do you make of this phenomenon of streaming and, and, and this quote-unquote golden age of television? Well, it's interesting how quickly we 
get accustomed to everything. You know, yeah. there was a period, I don't know, 15 years ago where we didn't all have cell phones. Right. We, didn't have, or we had a phone, we didn't have a device. It's like, and I don't remember anybody ever teaching like well, how to operate it. You just jumped in and like, yeah. I guess I got to get one of these. <laughs> and suddenly everybody can use it and everybody can type. <laughs> everybody knows how to do it. Um, and same with this. Like, the first time you hear about it, it's like, what? It's not on TV. It's a, it's on the streaming. And then, boom. And then now we're in. And the technology changes. And you, we all quickly got with the program. So for those of us making content, it's... Uh, it's great, you know, yeah. because these, you're right, these shows, all of, I think all three of the shows that I'm on yep. would not have ever gotten made 10 years ago. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's, there's people that there's a bit of a downside because there's maybe too much content and you can't get around to it. Um, but it, it's, I, I don't think that's such a problem because, like, <laughs> they also aren't, the shows are not going away. So if you put a exactly. show on wherever... You know, I know I get, sometimes I'll get around to watching a show two years after it's been around. I just, I'm busy. And then you sit down and go, hey, it's just as good. And some shows you want to, you know, Stranger Things, you want to watch it while it's going on because everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Or, you know, Game of Thrones. But Game of Thrones, but a lot of things are just like, all right. Like, I just caught up with Fargo, you know, in his third year. And I went, okay, I didn't lose anything. It's great. I get it now. Um so I, I, I think it's, it's, it's only a good thing. And a lot of times you come up with an idea that isn't necessarily going to be a big smash hit or it can't necessarily run for seven years. So now you can say, guess what? You can do a show that's only ten episodes and you're done. Mm -hmm. And it'll live forever. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I mean, this one, there's Johnny. I'm not hoping we get to do some more because we've got a lot of stories and we've got a lot of really talented actors and it's really mm -hmm. fun to write. But if it didn't, I'd be really content that we just told a great story for an entire season, and there it is. And it, there it is. It's out there forever. Very cool, very cool. Are you a binger, or do you prefer the week-to-week -week format? You know, I'm, I'm not a real binger, and I just don't have the patience to sit and watch too many of anything in a row. I just, you know, I get pulled away, or I fall asleep. Um, but I do find that shows that I like that are once a week... I will stockpile on them and just in case I get a break and like I'll watch yeah. two at a time. Okay. Um, but I do feel, I, I totally feel like the, 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 that piece of us that, oh, I can't wait till next week. I can't wait till next yeah. week. That sort of, that muscle has gone away. Cause it, yeah, it has. Right. Exactly. And the appointment, yeah. the appointment television, uh, is gone. That, and that was also a real revelation about the Johnny Carson show. That's, there's yeah. Johnny. In watching those clips, what struck me is, oh my gosh, we stayed up till 11.30 because that's when it was on. You didn't get the luxury of, exactly. I'll watch it tomorrow when, I, when I'm on the treadmill. It's like, no, yep. it ain't there. Yep. So by definition, it was a different world and your television was more important to you because it wasn't as much. Mm -hmm. So last question too as well, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for, for taking sure. some time to talk about this stuff. Uh, the TV reboots, I mean, Will and Grace is a big hit. Full House came back. X-Files is back. Any thoughts about uh, a Mad About You uh, revamp? You know, I, I, I said to somebody I've been talking about it, I said, but I'm really only talking about it because everybody keeps asking me, so I'm suddenly talking about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I had never for years never thought about it, and then like now it seems like, well, it's in the air and everybody's doing it. So I'm not I'm not as against it. I mean, for years I would say there's just no way I would go back because I, I was very I was very content with how we ended it. We we knew we were doing going to do our final season. And we we landed the plane and wrapped everything up beautifully. Sure. 
And uh, and then and people talk about it, like, well, it kind of would be fun maybe to see where's that couple today. So, I don't know. so it's you know it's it's not impossible. I don't know that it, 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 I don't know that America is hankering for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'm hankering for it. But you know, if 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 some genius idea comes to us and and uh, and it seems doable, I, uh, it could be fun. Cool. Very cool. Paul, thank you so much again. I appreciate right, you taking some time out. And, uh, All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com I love the emotional affairs. That's awesome. I'm having an emotional affair with you. I have every emotional week. affairs like, all the time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's this like, is the, I didn't think that was an actual insult to other people, but well, you're not you're being. not cheating on somebody. Well, if have. you can do that emotionally, I'm cheating on you right now. This is because I'm thinking about someone else. You're thinking about yeah. Peter. Hi, Peter. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Want to thank our guests, Paul Reiser. Guest Paul Reiser. Yeah, there's only one. There's only one. There's only one. There's the one and the only. Yeah, there's one and the only. Um, we had a lot of a lot of comments on this, by the way. We had a lot of people chiming in on this. Um, Did they like it? Did they? Were they? Were they thrilled? Well, Bobby Semmelsberger said the show's on Netflix, so if you don't like episode seven, you can skip to episode eight. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Because of the because of the binge format, right? Duffer Brothers wanted to play in a different sandbox. Yeah. Uh, Greg Matisoff though wrote, "I didn't care for that episode." And oh, I too don't, bad. I don't disagree with that either. <laughs> oh, Jeff well. Gomez had a great point though, and did uh, he chime in? He, he chimed in earlier. Chime in. Enjoyable, but a bit too much tail chasing for my taste. Not crazy about how the female characters were handled across the board. First season pulled some nice feminist revisionism over '80s tropes, while this one often fell back into them. Oh, all right. Fair enough. I don't. I disagree. I disagree as well too. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Lavulo. I thought it was on par. Lavulo. Sorry. I thought it was on Those par with the first right. season. I know. I'm going to butcher everything. More action and special effects. Uh, the new characters were integrated well too. At the same time, I feel that some characters were a lot dumber than they were in season one. Uh, also, if Will gets sick slash tortured in season three, I'm out. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. Poor Will. Steve Lightman, Eleven's at Arc least, was a weak At least link. Will was on Earth through, throughout the entire series, <sighs> right? And he was pretty, he was proactive. He was a villain. Eleven's sorta. Arc was the weak link, but overall I really enjoyed it. Eh. All right. Yeah. We just, I mean, there's, uh, there's so much to talk about. We didn't even get into Thor Ragnarok, which we'll get into next week. We got Ryan Panagos from Marvel Digital coming on next week. He's going to talk a little bit about what they're doing with the Thor tie-in. Uh, yeah, we're going to review Thor next week. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal. We just got like tons you got your of tickets? Like, you ready? We just have Thor? like tons of crap going on. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, well. Join us next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
want to connect with. Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 